Good afternoon. This is part uh, 14 in this teaching series on the letter of Ephesians that Paul writes to the church in Ephesus. In last week, uh, last episode, we started into chapter 3, verse 1 through 13, and we got through to about verse 5. But we talked about where Paul, uh, verse 1, um, identifies himself as a prisoner of Christ. Initially, when he starts off the letter, he, he calls himself uh, an apostle of, of Jesus Christ. And here now, he's a, he's a, a prisoner. And uh, he, he could have said, I'm a prisoner of the Jews who, oppre- who oppose my, my uh, message of the gospel, or I, uh, I'm a prisoner of, of Rome. But no, he, he doesn't say, he's, I'm a prisoner of Christ. He realizes that he is there on, uh, uh, he's a prisoner of Christ, for Christ, and for his cause. And that he, he understands the sovereignty of God that over his life, that the circumstances are not controlled by uh, other individuals, but God himself who is working in and through Paul to reach those that don't know about Christ yet. And Paul understands that, and he wants the, the church to understand. So he starts to, he identifies himself there as that, and, and he starts to talk about the stewardship that, that he has uh, of God's grace that was given to him, uh, not just his own salvation, but the grace given given to him, the influence upon his heart, the revelation he's he's received of the mystery. We've talked about this mystery that was hidden in ages past. Paul talked about it, but now has been made known by revelation. First, he he was he received his revelation of the the, the the mystery of the gospel, and that being that Gentiles are fellow heirs of the same body, in particular the same promises of Christ Jesus, and so he's. He's talking about this grace that's being given him to, and a stewardship of that that understanding of the of the gospel message. It's not just for the Jews; it's also for the Gentiles, and that he received it. And he he um, uh, he, he not just talking about him receiving. He talked about the holy apostles and the prophets also received. And we looked at Colossians also, where Colossians uh, speaks about all the saints now have known. First, Paul received it, and the apostle prophets understood it as he does. And then through them, all the saints. So part of the, the gospel message is not just salvation uh, for the Jew, but and not just salvation for Gentiles, but much more. And today we're going to start into verse 6, but I'm going to read verse 1 through 13 again uh, to give us uh, the whole context of this uh, chapter here where, where Paul's talking. And verse 1 reads, For this reason I... Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, as I have written briefly. When you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promises in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace which was given me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to, to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things. So that through the church, the manifold wisdom of, wisdom of God might be, now be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, 
<clears throat> which is your glory. But Paul starting in verse 1 says, for this reason, really, you know, just to tie in here, back in chapter 1, he goes, for this reason, and he starts into this prayer. And by the end of chapter 1, he actually diverts into this uh, 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 rabbit trail that goes down in all of chapter 2. And here, in the beginning of chapter 3, he says, for this reason, and he's about to start into a prayer again, and he actually kind of goes into another tan- another uh, rabbit trail, which we're going to talk about here for a couple weeks. And then he's going to come back in, in verse 14 and say, for this reason, he's going to continue his prayer that he started in chapter 1. Now let's pick up in chapter uh, chapter 3, verse 6, where it says, This is the mystery, that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promises of Christ Jesus through the gospel. So here in verse 6, uh, Paul summarizes what the mystery is and, and what it means to, to them and to us. Uh, the Gentile believers with the Jewish believers are equal heirs together of God's riches. They are uh, f- uh, equal members of the same body. They are equal partakers of the promises of Christ Jesus in the gospel. In chapter 2, they're members of the same household. They're members, they're, they're, they're a part of the, the, the uh, temple of God itself, itself and where God dwells in the people. And so here's this, here's the summary of the, the mystery that, of, the, of the gospel in Christ. And, and, it, and it stretches to, not just to the Jews, but to, to the Gentiles also. See, Gentiles are members of that same body. Jews and Gentiles together enjoy this corporate relationship as Christ's body with Christ as its head. See, the Gentiles are, are partakers or, or equal sharers together with the Jews in the covenant promises, the messianic promises in Christ Jesus. The mystery is not that the Gentiles would be saved, but rather that believing Gentiles are received into the, into the fellowship of, of Christ on equal footing with the believing Jews. This was just like revolutionary, and this would upset the Jewish people, especially non, non, uh, non-believers in Christ, but even those that were believers in Christ, they held on to this strong heritage, this idea they had from the Old Testament that, that the Jews... Uh, that was the, they were the ones to be saved, and Gentiles may be saved, but they were still not a part of that same fellowship, that understanding. And here he's, Paul is, is bringing a, 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 the mystery, is, which was hidden in, time, in ages past, now revealed in Christ. Christ came to redeem and rescue all humanity in all created order. So let's pick up on verse 7, uh, where it says, uh, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. You know, Paul, Paul is saying he was, he was a, made a minister. You know, earlier in chapter 1, he says he's an apostle. And then in chapter 3, in the beginning, he says he's a prisoner of Christ Jesus. And then he, he talks about, chapter, in verse 2, he's, he's got this stewardship. He's a steward. And uh, he's been entrusted with something. And now here he says he's been made a minister uh, according to God's uh, gift of the, according to the gift of God's grace. Now, the word minister here in, in the Greek it means servant. It stresses not the idea of subjection, but the idea of serving or or, or service as one who is a waiter in, in serving and meeting the needs of those uh, he's he's serving. In the New Testament itself, it rejects the the, the titles of of high office and focus on a word altogether unassociated with prestige, servant. You see that not just in Paul's writing, but others. And it designates a table waiter who is always at the bidding of his customer. And in the New Testament, uh, that word servant 
speaks to uh, uh, speaks of the one who lives and works in service of Christ in the church. And when I say church, I don't mean the institution trying to maintain the institution. I'm talking about the church, the body of Christ, people, and serving them and helping them grow, helping them understand who Christ is, and serving them and meet, helping meet needs as, as the early church did, and helping each other out. So who who does this idea of a minister or a servant apply to? Like sometimes we talk about this minister at church. Well, the, the word minister it, it applies or servant applies to every believer in Christ. We're all called to be ministers of Christ. And I just like what Jesus says in Matthew 23, uh, verse 9 through 12. And Jesus instructs uh, the people listening to him here, the crowds and his disciples, but you are not to be called rabbi, for you have one teacher, and you are all brothers. And call no one your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Neither be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Christ. The greatest among you shall be your servant. Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Just some thoughts about being a minister or servant. It's not just for the ones up front in the church service. Uh, it's every one of us is called to be a minister. All, every one of us is called to be a servant of Christ in the, of the church, the body of Christ, his people. Now, Paul talks about how he, how he became a minister or, or a servant. It, it, what, what kept him going? What, what, what put this passion in him to be a, serv- <clears throat> a servant? <clears throat> Verse um, 7 says, To me, though I am very least of all the saints, this grace was given me to pre- preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. Paul was chosen for or enlisted into the service of the gospel. It did not come through any ambition or qualification that he had on his own, though he had plenty of qualifications as 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 a Pharisee in the old as in the Old Testament model. But as in being a, a servant of Christ, it, 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 there was nothing that qualified him for that. But it solely came through gift and calling of God. His service has its foundation in the gift of God's grace given to Paul initially to to, to call him to Christ Himself. And then to work in him to, to, to a calling to, to, to be uh, Christ's servant. And it continues only through the working of Christ's power. Just as we read earlier Paul's testimony of encountering Christ on the road to Damascus that forever changed him, that initial working of God's grace is what kept Paul going. In Galatians 1, verse 13 through 16, Paul's writing to the Galatian church. I want to read that for, for you. It says, for you, this is Paul writing, and he says, For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my many of my own age among my people. And he's talking about Jewish people there. So extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone. In humility, Paul recognized that there's this dramatic intervention that that happened when and that he was transformed by 
when he was transformed from an enemy of Christ to a friend of Christ, that this, this intervention by Christ himself was nothing less, less than a divine act of providence and God's almighty power. See, Paul was, was opposed to Christ and his, and his people, and then God shows up. But God, even as he talked about earlier in chapter 2, he says, you were dead in your sins, but God made us alive. Paul realizes that in humility, he understands that and recognizes the work, work of God in his heart to initially come to him, but also to keep him going. So there's this, this, this tension, this humble tension in Paul. Paul knows and acknowledges that he himself is a nobody and that he is only in Christ because of God's grace. But at the same time, he, he knows that he was really a nobody, but at the same time, he understands that God has chosen him and made him a somebody that God has a purpose of significance, uh, not just for himself, but for, for, uh, for Christ's cause and for, for the people of God who are, who are going to come to know who Christ is. And so Paul understands there's this tension. I, 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 don't, I don't deserve this. I don't, I don't, I'm not, this is not who I am. It's not a, a, my ambition. It's not my qualifications. It's not my work. It's God's work that saved me. It's God's work that's producing this work in me. But at the same time, I know that God is at work in me. So God has a purpose for my life, and I am embracing it completely. Here's Paul talking about this tension we're supposed to have, understanding we come from nowhere. Christ, we were dead in our sin, and Christ saves us. And beyond that, he also has a call that in, in, in our sphere of influence, God wants us to be a blessing, a servant that ministers God's grace to others. So we know where, where we come from, but we also know who we are in Christ and who lives within us. Let's, uh, look, let's read at verse 8 and 9 of, of uh, chapter 3. And Paul says, Of this gospel I was made a minister according to the gift of God's grace, which was given to me by the working of his power. To me, though I am the least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of, uh, of Christ. So in these two verses, Paul talks or shares with us, there's two things, two reasons uh, that Paul gives us, two parts of his mission and purpose that he, he has as, as a servant of Christ that came because of the grace, the gift of grace God worked in him and is working in him. He says, first of all, it was to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then he says it was to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of that mystery. So what does this mean? To preach, first of all, let's look at the, the first one. He, he, he's, been, he's received this grace. He was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. What are what is this? What are the the unsearchable riches of Christ? What is the there's boundless, unfathomable treasures in Christ? Everything that's in Christ that we see in the scriptures and the promises of God, they are for not just the Jews, but also for the Gentiles who put their faith in Christ. Now, what are these treasures in Christ? Well, let's read Colossians 127. Um, it says, To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of of glory, so here's one of the riches of the, one of the uh, the treasures that Christ is in us, empowering us with the life of God Himself. That is just one of the aspects of the treasure of Christ that we have in Him. Um, but I don't want to go down that road. I, the significance of, of Paul, what Paul's making a point, is he came to preach to the Gentiles the same blessings, the fullness of all God purposed 
and the promises of Christ uh, are meant for the Gentiles also. And it's not just for the Jews. And Ephesians 1.10 says, as, as, a fullness, excuse me, as a plan for the fullness of time, to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth, Gentiles are going to be a part of, Gentile believers will be a part of that, that, that fullness of the God's plan, that in the fullness of time, when Christ returns, all things will be united in Christ and brought underneath his rulership, both all things in heaven and things on earth. And the Gentiles will get to experience and be a part of that, just like the Jews and just like all creation. Now, the other part it said was that that gift of grace, the gift of grace that Paul received was to bring to light for everyone what was the plan of this mystery. So Paul wasn't just sharing this, this gospel message with the, with the Gentiles so they could experience the fullness of all God's promises and the full treasure of what we have in Christ. But he was also to bring light to everyone. What was this plan? What God's plan was from the very beginning? What was hidden in ages past that's now been revealed to him, revealed to the apostles and prophets? He wants every believer to understand that God's plan from the very beginning. And so, and so Paul's saying, he was given this as bringing to light for everyone, everyone, the cosmic mystery that had been hidden for all those ages. And he wanted to bring to light. He wanted to illuminate and there's, there, there's an assumption that there's this fog uh, with that word. It says, bring to light, that there's a fog, there's a, there's a darkness. And Paul's saying he's, he, his purpose is to, is to bring light in the midst of that, to illuminate that fog, to illuminate that darkness so people can see. So Paul was to shed a, a floodlight on what had, what had earlier been hidden in times past. So that no one would need to be in the darkness or in this fog anymore. Not only the fog and darkness of the plan, but Paul's gonna he starts going to talk to them. Not does not only does he have his stewardship, every believer has his stewardship, not only of the gospel of salvation, but it's not limited to one group of people. And so there's a stewardship we have of the gospel message that is more than just in, you know that was Jew and Gentile, and we can look at different people now and and we have to be careful that we don't judge people christ came to serve all humanity and to give his life for the sins of the world that all could come to him all who have faith now what does this word plan mean look at verse look at verse 9 again to he posted to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in god so this word plan in the greek is um translated in, in uh, chapter 3, verse 2, uh, stewardship. So Paul talks about it. He, he's been heard of the stewardship, God's, God's grace that was given to me, right? Well, that word stewardship there, also I remember, I don't know if you remember, I, I, I mentioned also means administration or, or, or a plan of how to, how to do something, um, how that stewardship is, is worked out. And here in verse 9, he's, he's also saying, uh, he, I, I, I've, come to bring light for everyone what is the plan what is the stewardship or the administration of this mystery hidden from ages past so paul here is he's, he's publicly making known to everyone not just the plan not just like the the mystery that's unfolded that the gentiles are part of it he says he's making known to everyone what is the stewardship that means for those Ephesians that are reading it initially, it means for us right now as we read it or hear about it, 
that he wants everyone to know that plan. He wants everyone to know that stewardship, that administration of that gifted grace that's been given to all humanity, here the Jews and the Gentiles, both equally. And he's ensuring that everyone knew they had a part or a partnership in carrying out the stewardship of God's grace or God's sacred mystery that was hidden in ages past, but has now been revealed in Christ. Paul was initially the one given the revelation of the mystery and the stewardship of it, and he's bringing to light to all who read or hear this that we all have a stewardship of this same mystery once we know it and understand we also have been given a stewardship of it. We all have been given the stewardship not only of the the gospel message that Jesus Christ died to to reconcile uh, men and women to himself, but also this... uh, This uh, message of the mystery is the reconciling of of Jews and Gentiles together and that we have different differences between uh, ethnic differences, age differences, uh, gender differences that people hold on to, uh, even differences between denominations. We're we're called to the stewardship, not only the message of salvation, but the message of reconciliation, not only to God, but to each other. And Paul understands this. It's there's. We're all equal before God, and we're all called uh, to to the stewardship of this mystery of reconciling people to God, but reconciling people to each other. And that starts with our own life and how we reconcile with other people. And what are we doing about how are we handling that? Are we living out that message ourselves before we can even go out and share this mystery that God came to reconcile not only us to him, but us to each other? So let's, uh, let that, I pray that it would challenge you also to recognize that that gift of grace given to you is not just for you to be saved, but also for you to help reconcile people to each other, even as Paul shared that message. I want to read uh, verse 10. We didn't read that one yet, but verse 10 of chapter 3 says, uh, he, um, let's read, read actually 8, 9, and 10. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to me to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to bring to life for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things, so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. So Paul lets us in on part of the purpose or part of the goal, part of the mission of Paul's ministry, Paul's stewardship of this mystery uh, is that that, uh, through the church, that through the church, those that are responding to the message of Christ's salvation, but also responding to this this mystery that God came to reconcile each other, us, us to each other, that through that, the manifold wisdom of God might be made known to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. The manifold means these multi, multicolored, variegated, uh, uh, that's what that word means, and it was used to refer to the beauty of this embroidered pattern. And so, so he's talking about this multi, uh, multicolored, multi-variegated, this beautiful embroidered pattern of the church being brought together, reconciled, people 
previously with all their differences coming together they're now god's workmanship his 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 his, um, his piece of art that he has brought together that through what god is in, not what we do in the church not what the church accomplishes because some people look at that said now through the church we may wisdom god be made known notice what god has done in accomplishing this work of grace reconcile men and women to himself reconciling men and women in different genders different ethnicities different age groups reconciling them all together and embroidering this 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 mix of people and showing God's grace, showing God's wisdom that he that he expressed through Christ in the life of Christ and giving his life. This was all core according to the eternal purposes that he has realized in Christ Jesus. That's verse 11 of chapter 3. That this was according to God's eternal purpose that he was he's realized in Christ Jesus. He's already accomplished and within the, the context of Ephesians, this manifold wisdom of God does not just refer to redemption, but includes the one new man we talked about in chapter 2. The new relationship between believing Jews and Gentiles as, as, uh, as equal partners, equal uh, fellow heirs, equal heirs, members of the same body, members of the same temple, partakers of the same promises in Christ. It's including that the believing Jews and Gentiles are now one. They're part of the same one body uh, who are being built up and joined together to be God's temple, God's dwelling place on the earth. So just as the, the Old Testament temple was a picture of where God intersected, where heaven intersected earth. And he's saying here, here's God's wisdom being displayed, that God is working now through this people, that where all their differences have been brought together, they become, they become the temple of God. They become this living uh, place where God comes to dwell in their midst, and where heaven touches earth, where heaven intersects earth, and where the kingdom is, is advanced. See, the purpose of the ongoing preaching, teaching, and, and praying of the enlightenment of this mystery is that the church... I'm not talking about an institution. I'm talking about the body of Christ with Jews and Gentiles, all different kinds of people living and worshiping as one body in harmony with God and with each other, function in a way as to become this manifest expression of God's rich, multicolored wisdom to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. We end there, and I just want to, to, to say as, as we close is, is recognizing um, recognizing the gift of God's grace that's been given you, recognizing this and understanding this mystery that God had hidden in the past was not is now revealed through Christ, and that you you may feel like you're the least of God's saints, but God's called each one of us to carry the light and the message of this the, the reconciliation with God is possible and reconciliation with, the, uh, with each other is possible. And we're called to bring that light to other people, not only the gospel message of salvation, but also we're called to be one people. And God has called you to be a part of something bigger than just your small story. There's a grander, larger story of God coming to reconcile and to rescue all humanity in the entire created order. And that is not just something in the future waiting to happen, that right now we, as his people, are called to, to carry that message, not just with our words, but with our life, that we live out this message of reconciliation with him and with each other. And that in turn, as we do that, God uses us to express his manifest wisdom, his manifold wisdom in the earth 
for the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. That just seems like, wow, much larger than yourself. But God has empowered you. God giving you the grace to know who he is. He's going to give you the grace to live out a life that expresses the very goodness of, of his heart for us and for humanity. Until next episode, uh, God bless.